Emerald. Oh my goodness. I got my coffee. You gotta give me one second. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Michael. What's how you up, doing, brother? Sir? Good. How, how are you? I'm blessed. I'm, uh, life's going good. Been touring the United States and uh, getting strong. So, you're home, right? Yeah, we're going to leave out in six days to go out and pull with John, and then I got some other practices I'm going to hit. We're going to. We've hit 47 states since the end of June. 16,500 miles. Only state we haven't been in the RV is uh, Arizona. Holy shit, dude. You're on a on a mission. Yeah, we've killed it. Yeah. Is it fun? Are you enjoying that life? Okay, so it is amazing. Like uh, the northwest portion going through, you know, uh, Badlands, South Dakota, Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone, Montana, you know, Oregon coast. Amazing. Like you, words don't do it justice. You know, pictures don't do it justice. It's something you have to see for yourself. So all of that spectacular. The problem is I've overbooked every tour. Like ah, I'm driving 300 miles a day. You know, you ordered you ordered two pizzas because you thought you were hungry, but you could only eat one. Basically, yeah. So, and I don't want to. I'm I'm trying to make every you know. Hey, can you come here? Can you come here? And I'm trying to accommodate everybody, and it's just unrealistic. But we're having a lot of fun. Uh, we've gotten pretty proficient. Like think about it. We've never RV'd in our life. We bought the RV. We went to the state park one night, and then two weeks later, we did a forty-seven hundred mile tour. You know, when uh, I think of you, when I think of you, one of your characteristics that I think of is a kindness to a fault. Well, I mean, I you just, are a very. I've always thought of you as a very, very, very kind person. I think I met you for the first time in two thousand four in 2003 Arkansas. Two thousand three at the Arkansas State. I mean, yeah, National the, State in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That All was two thousand three. Yeah, yeah, and then I held it again in 2005 uh, downtown. Then I held it again in 2009, but yeah. So I held the Nationals three years, but 2003, uh, I won the left 198 that year. My right was trash. I ended up taking like third right or something. Do you remember who you beat? Left-handed, man. I can't remember. Um, Do you have good memory about your arm wrestling matches in general? Like, do you have a good memory about it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pretty much ask me. I'm surprised I don't know that one. I, it was a guy from South Carolina and might have taken second to me, Chad Silver's training partner. Um, cannot remember his name. Fritz Corey, maybe. He oh, may have taken second to me. Left dude, me. you're right. Yeah. It was Fritz. Is well, the crazy thing about him? the year is I pulled well, – I, I saw him recently, like when I say recently, within the last year, at, show up at a tournament, you know. I think okay. he pulled Masters. Crazy thing about that 90, uh, 2003 Worlds – and so I won the national championship. So I qualified for Ottawa for the world championships. Well, I was like 235 pounds and it was Thanksgiving. 
well, I wasn't going to miss Thanksgiving. The 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 way the the World Championships were the next week, so I cut thirty three pounds in five days to make one ninety eights, and I missed weight by four pounds at the world. So there happened to be an opening in the two forty two class. I ended up taking second at the two forty twos after nearly killing myself cutting thirty three pounds in five days. I could dude, I remember two- that I was there. You pulled yeah. that Ibrahimov or whatever. Ibrahimov, yeah, he's the one who got me. I smacked everybody else really fast shoulder press, but he, he cracked me really good. But I mean, I was a 198 pound guy who had 30 pounds of fluff on him, you know? Holy shit. I can't remember. And that's where um, Travis had that fucking win against. We'd be promoted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. What a trip down memory lane. Uh, Michael, how old are you? 48 years old. Uh, my birthday is June 12th. So I just turned 48 like five months ago. Um, so we're basically the same age. I, I turned 50 in March. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you f- oh, you're older than me, 15 months. Do you feel like a little kid? Man, here's the deal. Um, I, I My 31st anniversary was two months ago. So I'm two months into my 32nd year competing. And I just don't know where the time went. You know, um, it's weird because I remember being the 176 pound new kid at the 92 nationals in McLean, Virginia. Right. And here I am. I'm one of the old dogs now, but you know, no retirement anytime soon. I still don't think I've, I I have not reached my peak. Um, I've had, I've been very good and very strong at times, but there's going to be a version of me in the next nine months. That's going to show up. That's going to, that's never been seen before. Um, the, 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 the U S well, the, the North American arm wrestling scene right now is basically, um, the, the being held down, the three best guys are you, John Brzezink, and Devin Lorette, right? Not only being held down, you guys are probably the biggest promoters of it. You're the three best guys. Is that correct? Is there, is there anyone else who's climbed Dave in there? Chafee, is, is, Dave Chafee is definitely one of the strongest arm wrestlers in North America. Um, he just didn't have a good outing against me, and then Devin beat him, and then he just lost to LeVon. But that still means nothing. Dave Chafee's an animal. You know, he, you just ran into three dudes that are bad for you. You know what I mean? Um, John on his comeback, I mean, you got to put him in there. You got, I'm going to get to the pool with him next weekend. So I'll find out where he's at, but you got to put him in there. He's John. And, and if John's motivated 57 years old or not, um, and I don't think 57 years old matters. Like I said, I still think the 49 year old me next year is going to just run through people. Can you still jump up on an arm wrestling table? Yeah. I'm 290 pounds right now, 293. And I can still box jump an arm wrestling table. Um, and, and I wasn't, I, I don't want to take anything away from, um, Dave Chafee. Um, arm wrestling is a weird, a weird sport for people who don't understand. It is still, um, it's still stuck in the wild, wild west, meaning that it, and, and that's, what's sort of charming about it. You can literally, if you want to jump in your car, if you're a fucking young badass or, or old badass, and, and this, this sport is still about driving from town to town and, and taking names and whooping ass. This is. is not uh, anyone can enter. There's no like political body. There's dudes all over the, the world, but all over the United States doing it. But it's still about going into other people's backyards, knocking on their front door and being like, yo, you want a piece? I mean, right. I mean, well, that's what the tours, man. The tour. See, the tour originally was supposed to be me driving around the United States, going out the arm wrestling table at Lowe's and Walmart, Home Depot, and just taking on all commerce. Right. Introducing right. new people to arm wrestling. Well, I started using Devin's arm bet app and put it on precise. So every time I showed up somewhere, 15 or 20 arm wrestlers showed up. So I'm like, well, shit, I just started having arm wrestling practices. I'll just hit practices all across the United States. So we figured it up. At the end of the last tour, I'd probably arm wrestled 3,000 matches in the last three months. Wow. 
Yeah, probably between 700 and 1,000 actual people, but probably over 3,000 matches. Um, t- tell me about this app. How how does the app work? It's basically well, like yeah, Tinder for yeah, arm wrestlers? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know anything <laughs> about Tinder. But, uh, you, I mean, you neither. Just, uh, you just have your thing, and you, you if you want to put precise on there, you can click precise, and they will know exactly where you're at. So, I mean, I've had people – well, of course, the RV's got my picture on the side of it, right? But I've had people following me going – I know this guy's gonna have to pull over and pee eventually, so I'll just pull away until they see me. Like, hey, you want arm wrestling? You know, it's been fun, man. It's been a lot of fun. But yeah, I, you were talking about Dave Chafee. Um, you didn't want to leave him out, but yeah, it's just uh, so like with John's new YouTube, Devin's huge social media presence, and I feel like we're probably the second biggest. Well, definitely the second biggest in North America on social media. When I say us, I'm talking about me and Rebecca because I couldn't do it without her. But yeah, the, between the three of us, we're pushing arm wrestling pretty good. I know what Devin's doing has helped a lot. I loved his fight with Thor. I was a huge fan, huge supporter of that. And then what we're doing on the tour. And then John just, John just being John. I love his channel because it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> just watching him like, well, I think we're a lot, you know, it's just, it's fun to watch him, you know. It's amazing. Um, people just want a piece of him. The comments, 400 comments in a video, 1,200 comments in a video. I mean, the engagement and the way people want to interact with him, it, it's it's pretty touching. It is. It, it is. I mean, they love him. John, who doesn't, right? It's John Brzezink. Like I'm, I've always been a fan of John. Um, and like I've said, I've said numerous times in, in several interviews, you know, I've won 23 world titles, 36 national titles. I've, I've had a pretty good career, but probably the thing that stands out the most is when I became John and Ron's peers. When right. They would call me and ask me for advice for Michael, what would you do? You right. know, it's those things that meant more to me than, you know, the world titles and national titles, whatever, just because you looked up to those guys for so long. And then when they, are, you know, consider you their, their peer, their equal, whatever, and then asking for your advice was kind of cool. I saw um, since, since, since John sort of got back into it and uh, YouTube has put all you guys back in my algorithm. I've seen Ron a few times and he's still just this beautiful specimen. Yeah. He's jacked. Well, I mean, him and Angie, you know, they're both real fit, so they work out together, so they keep each other motivated. But, yeah, Ron, Ron's dangerous, man. So we're going to have a uh, – so when John pulls Devin, we decided we're going to go and do, like, a, a watch party here and a big arm wrestling practice. And I told John, Ron about it, and he's going to come down and, and be here as well. So that should be an awesome day. You know, we'll, we'll get some super matches going. I mean, I don't know if you've seen my gym on anything, but I have the mecca of arm wrestling training and, you know, just the coolest – I'm so blessed to have this, but – and my grandbabies think it's like the coolest indoor playground ever, so they just love it. Your your boys would love this too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're you're you're. Where were you born, Michael? Uh, Malvern, Arkansas. So about fifteen miles from where I live. Okay, and you've never you've never moved out of Arkansas. Oh, I've lived everywhere, pretty much. You know, arm wrestling took me to Baton Rouge back in the day, Texas, Florida. I've lived, you know, but home has always been Arkansas. And uh, and how did you find arm wrestling? Well, I was a redneck from Arkansas, of course, and. Uh, so I got into martial arts. I saw a karate kid, told my dad I had to take karate, started taking Shotokan karate. Then it was too far to drive me to Hot Springs, so he, he switched me to Taekwondo and Malvern, so I had to start all over. Uh, I was a black belt, about 14 or so. Did a little bit of tie boxing. Now, what, wait, like, what did you have to do to become a black belt at 14? Were you just going, were you were always, I mean, I, you're a pretty obsessive person, so you must, you were going seven days a week to karate? I, I was in the adult class, and, you know, I was, I was the one doing the, I was watching, you know, Enter the Dragon and watching the guy hold the board and speed break it. With his, I was the, the kid that was, you know, 13, 14 years old that was speed breaking boards with, you know, I was just very, it was so, I'm so obsessive, just like you said. Um, and we'll get to a funny story here in a minute about you and I. But 
Yeah, so I started that, and I always liked arm wrestling. So I beat my dad when I was 15, and my senior year in high school, I had English driver's ed and Votech. And I was at Votech, and they're like, that guy over there is second in the state. So we got on the cafeteria table, and I beat him. He's like, you should go to this tournament. It was a 1990 Sling County Fair. I got my third-place medal hanging over there. So you were a junior yeah. in high school? Senior in high school, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was it. And then uh, and the funny thing, on a different note, is you know Rebecca and I have been together now uh, a little over 10 years, and – she was actually at that same fair. She was in a cheerleading competition that day while I was at the arm wrestling competition. We never met. So that's crazy. But the funny story about you and I is the one of the, one of the biggest regrets. I don't have a lot of regrets in my life. I'm, I'm very blessed and thankful for the life I've had. But one of the regrets I do have is not listening to you when you told me, Hey dude, you should do this CrossFit stuff back in like 2004. Oh. Like, you would be amazing. And now I have so many injuries. I can't, you know, I mean, my arm won't come any closer than that. So I can't even get into a front rack spot. You know, there's so many things I can't do, but I should have taken, I should have listened to you and started CrossFit back in 2004. I think I could have been pretty competitive because I'm obsessive. That's the biggest thing is it's very hard to outwork me. I'm willing to do the work, you know, you are willing to do the work and you were, you, your training was um, of all the arm wrestlers I ever saw. And, and not that I saw, you know, thousands, but I saw a bunch. Yours was the most, um, dynamic most explosive most varied right you would go to the kids playground and just in and use the whole i remember you climbing all over the um swing set. the, the <laughs> swing sets and the jumping and the explosiveness and the lateral movement and the in the in the flying kicks and just all that crazy shit you would do the spinning kicks it was like holy shit yeah so it, like i said it was martial arts background and I, I was never good at team sports so this is funny i went to a very small school growing up um, 52 people in my graduating class. So I didn't play any team sports, didn't play basketball, didn't do any of that, but I could beat every single person on the basketball team in one-on-one. Wow. Cause I just, I would out hustle you. Like I would chase the ball, uh, tennis. I could, I could beat my buddies who played collegiate tennis, but my biggest thing was all I had to do was return your serve. Just like arm wrestling. All I gotta do is stop your hit. Once I stop the hit, you gotta want it more than me. Uh, once I return the serve, you gotta out volley me, you know? So I'm just, <laughs> just really competitive. Have you ever had a regular job? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had so many jobs, actually. Uh, when I first started arm wrestling, I worked at Acme Brick in Malvern. I was hacking brick all day. So about 50-something thousand brick would go through my hands to an eight-hour shift. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it was Did a lot. Did you choose that job on purpose to make you stronger at arm wrestling? Nope. Okay. <laughs> it, did, I, it did make me stronger at arm wrestling back then. Then I, I was like, you know, this is too much work. So I switched and became a night auditor at a hotel because I was always really good with math and numbers. So I would just do the the audit. It was supposed to take like four or five hours. I'd do it in like 30 minutes and I'd just chill and check people in, which was cool because I'd work, you know, the, the night shift like 11 to 7. And then I'd get off 7 o'clock on a Friday morning and I would drive down to Baton Rouge and hit an arm wrestling tournament. And I didn't have to be back till 11 o'clock Sunday night. So who did you pull with down there? It started out with Robert Redden's the guy that got me involved. Okay. Uh, Craig Touye, you know, he was yep. me and Craig, we met each other when we were like 19 years old. So, uh, he and I pulled a lot together. We used to do 500 matches a night, three days a week. And I'd make Robert beat me a hundred matches in a hook every night before I'd leave. Damn. Yeah. But it was cool. And I finally beat him. I beat him left hand in 2001 tournament, uh, champions in St. Louis. And then 2002 unified nationals. Uh, I, I missed 198 weight again. And I made pull two twenties and I beat Mike Bowling and beat Robert Red. And it was funny because Mike Bowling, had seen us and he's like, well, I'm going to hook Robert Red and I'm going to top row Michael. And then me and Robert hit each other and I top row Robert. And he's like, oh shit, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> you know, cause he thought he was supposed to top row me, but I top rolled Robert, you know. Is Mike Bowling still around? 
He just pulled uh, Fallen Heroes this last weekend. Now he didn't do. He think I think he took third in the two hundred pound class. Um, but Sam Bowling, his son, won the two thirty ones right and left. Sam was living in Arkansas, but I think he just he's moving back to Missouri or St. Louis or somewhere. Um, he's a good kid. I spoke to Michael. It's been a long time, but he had just written a book. Oh, really? Yeah. You he never showed you his book he wrote? Never saw it, huh? Yeah, and. and- I'm pretty sure I read it. It was he sent me a copy and I read it. it it's it's a um, it's like a mystery. It's a really good book. Oh wow, that's cool. I, want, I didn't know you had that skill set, you know. That's yeah, cool. yeah, it's crazy, right? It's a really, really good book. It's a it's like a murder mystery, as I recall. I read it like ten or fifteen years ago. Oh wow, yeah, didn't know anything about it. Okay, so you so you you started on wrestling. You have these odd jobs. When when I flew out and saw you, you had a you had a really nice house. You had a nice car. And it looked like you were already arm wrestling full time. I want to maybe I was wrong. And you had a um, you had a sponsor. I want to say it was an auto parts store. But basically, <laughs> I, I've had so many, but go ahead. <laughs> but basically, my point is is and, and I just love this this part of it is you're beating to your own drummer. If someone like if if, if anyone's common sense it was around you when you were 15 and you started arm wrestling, they'd be like, "Hey, dude, that's a dead end." Right. And you didn't quit. And We're, and now you're synonymous with arm wrestling. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who think they're synonymous with arm wrestling. But like I said in the beginning, in North America, it's John Brzezink, Michael Todd, and Devin Lorette. And I'm not saying that there's not other great people, Jerry Cataret or like, you know, who's been around Mike Salieris or, 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 or this Paul Lynn guy who's coming up. But I'm talking about like people who like, like you even mentioned Craig Toulier. But like, you have longevity. You've done it. You're your your social media is exploding your youtube videos are exploding like people now like you're the like if you're an arm wrestler you want to know what michael todd thinks like you said yeah. um and, and you know there's and there's other great names ron bath um uh, well, well, uh travis, barboza made a travis you know, he's, made, he's he's a spectacle he puts himself out there but um, even he's kind of he's like it doesn't when i hear him talk now he doesn't he's he's not it doesn't sound like he's interested in arm wrestling I mean, no, the, the actual is, the actual sport of it, as opposed to being the promoter. Yeah, the promotion side, and that's what Travis. I mean, seriously, people Which are like, is why? fine. You know, I watch Travis. I'm like, this Travis probably makes more money promoting the sport with his Cooper Tire gig and all these other things he's doing. Then he and and it's a lot of work trying to be the best. It's a lot of work. Like Devin and I were talking about this when we were down in Orlando, and we both agreed the funner path for both of us would be just to go out and promote arm wrestling and compete whenever we want, win or lose, it doesn't matter. But that ego that 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 drive that to go be the number one guy overrides that shit, you know, like we know what would be easier. We know what would be fun or we know what would make us happier, but we both have that same path and it's directly to Levon, you know? So it's, it's who, and when I say I, I want Levon, I want whoever's number one. Devin got me in May. Um, he had a perfect performance and I did not show up for whatever reason. Um, that will not happen again. That will you, never happen you- again. Do you feel like you didn't show up or do you uh, like no, when you're fact, out there okay, in the ahead. moment, in the moment, I thought that's the strongest human being I've ever arm wrestled. And he, he was spectacular. Like I said, he had the perfect performance, perfect prep, perfect everything. But I had pulled my training partner 10 days before and was annihilating him. And Corey's like, I'm, I'm completely helpless. I can't do anything. And then I get beat by Devin. I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. Cause I knew how strong I was eight days later. I get home and I pull Corey and I can't get him out of the center of the table. Like I couldn't budge him. So I'm like, what the hell happened? Did you know? Did I overtax my central nervous system? Did I did something? I peaked too early. 
But the guy that I was 10 days before was not the guy that showed up. And that's not Devin's fault. You know, I mean, he won. He's he's a better man that day. I gave him all the credit. And I, and I genuinely was proud for him because I knew how much he worked and how hard he worked and how much it meant to him to get that win. That being said, it's not going to happen again. And, and they, there, there were some wars in there. Like, it looked like you were going to win some of those matches, especially the first mm. one, right? Well, I mean, I really just, after the first round, I went back, Rebecca, and I normally like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. And that means, you know, I'm fine, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to win. And she, she's like, I'm good. I'm, she goes, oh, you're, you're going to win? I'm like, no, I'm fucked. I'm not, I'm not going to win. Like, I, I knew it, it just, like, I didn't have that. There's something about me that just wasn't there. And it, it, it's unfortunate because, and this is something that, is, that has haunted me to a degree throughout my career. I've I've been the man on several occasions. Uh, didn't get the chance to necessarily prove it to the world. Like, hey, I'm the number one guy on earth right now. Couldn't get the match. Whatever happened, whatever. Um, but I've basically, you know, been the top guy in North America for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, Levon won't pull me. I get Devin to take the match, and then it's like all the hard work and everything I did in one match. Oh, he should retire. He's no longer elite. Blah, 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 blah. All that shit, right? And then it's like Devin just was able to jump right in and as he has completely deserved it. But I'm like, damn it. You know, because like we just did that thing at the Olympia and Devin has a legacy hammer right now. Now, Devin doesn't hold any world titles currently, but he does hold the legacy hammer, you know, unless they want to call King of the Table a world championship. It doesn't matter either way. But it's like I went from being at the top of the hill to in one one day, one night, just it all fell apart for me. And that kind of sucks because um, I wanted the opportunities. Like I wanted to be, you know, to, to do the celebrity matches, to do, I, I wanted to do a celebrity boxing match. Like when I left Dubai, I told him, hey, next time, how many, how many followers, how many subscribers do I need to be considered for a celebrity boxing match? And this was in February. Like, well, if you get to half a million, blah, 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 whatever. So I was trying to get down because I just want to do – and it, it doesn't come down to being famous. Like, I don't want to be famous. I just want financial security. You know, I want to be able to provide for my family. So if a certain degree of fame provides that financial security, then so be it, right? But I'm up for anything. Like, I'm up for I'm, – I'm doing castings for t- television shows, movie roles, um like, like you talk about, just I'm, I'm willing to do it all. Like, I, you know, whether it's martial arts, whether it's this, whether it's, whether it's different competitions, whether it's boxing, I'll do anything. You know? Oh, man, you are you are pursuing the acting thing. How you would be a great fucking bad guy. Well, that's the thing, because I, I got beard. to be a, a cult member on season three, episode two of uh, SWAT is Bad Faith, right? Oh, right, right. Yeah, Stramar Moore's like, dude, if you want to be an actor, you definitely have the look. You got the build. You should do it. So I've, I've got an agent in uh and just outside of Atlanta and I'm constantly doing, you know, auditions and stuff. They're all virtual like this, you know? Um, but that's, that's, that's a path I'd love to go. I mean, I've always said, I don't care if I jump out, throw a few kicks and Ronda Rousey kicks my ass, just put me in the movie, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course there are those guys who you just start seeing. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He owns a, he owns caveman coffee. I've met him a bunch of times. He's got the beard. And the goatee, you know who he is. He's a bad guy, and fu- he was like a bad guy, like in a hundred movies. He was a bad guy in like every Steven Spielberg movie. Why can I remember? Who can? Re- who in the comments can remember this guy's name? He was big in the CrossFit scene. I think maybe he owned Deuce or he owned one of the CrossFit gyms in Southern California. Anyway, when I remember his name, but he had yeah. the cr- he has the crazy handlebar mustache. Okay, yeah. he was a UFC fighter. Huh. But, but once he got a few roles, it was just 
It was a goat. Well, yeah. yeah, and he's probably a little older than you. I'm guessing he's in his 50s. Maybe he's even 60. He's big. Not as big as you, but he's a big guy. How tall are you, Michael? 6'3". Yeah, damn. You're a big dude. Well, I'm telling you, you saw you commented on that picture at my post on Instagram. Have you ever seen me that size? No. And I'm I'm still fit. Like I'm, that's the whole goal. People are like, oh, you should. You're super heavyweight. You shouldn't care about being fat. I'm like, psychologically, I don't do well if I'm fat. I'm yeah. gonna be. I, my goal is to be 30 pounds bigger than I am now with the same physique, if not leaner. Do you like, ever I'm, fast? Not. Have you ever often. gone 24 hours without without okay. just black coffee? I've done that many times. Oh, okay. Um, but. It's really, I do it more like when I need to cleanse or something. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a big advocate of fasting. I'm not saying it doesn't have benefits. Right. I just love food. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm hungry all the damn time, you know? I, so yeah. I do this thing where um, I stop eating every Saturday night. Okay. I can eat as late as I want Saturday night. When it, Like if I'm up till three, I'd eat till three. But usually I go to bed around 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I stop eating and then I don't eat again until Monday morning. So I get to sleep Saturday night. I don't eat all day Sunday and then I sleep again. And um, the only thing that I really notice is on Monday morning, I have no inflammation. Oh, really? And that's – it's that's crazy. Like I'm right one there. size smaller. And yeah. you and your joints might like that. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I know they. So would. Is that your fat? No protein shakes, no nothing, right? Just no nothing. I just drink black coffee. I let myself drink as much coffee as I want, okay. and I do that every week. But if you were just to try that once, and I know, I know it's it would be, I know now you're just on a mission. But I would be, I would love to hear your feedback to see how you feel. Oh, Tate Fletcher, that's the guy's name. Do you know who that is? I, the name is not ringing a bell, but I will look him up when we get off here. Yeah, maybe I can even show you a picture. Thank you, uh, Matt Tate Fletcher. Yeah, anyway. Fasting the trip, I think you would. I think you would. Uh, I think you'd dig it. Yeah, anything that's going to help with inflammation. Like I don't know if you're aware, I I had some nerve damage that's atrophied my thumb muscle. Right. I so didn't know whole, that. Yeah, it was. It's, it happened during COVID. I don't know what happened, but it happened during COVID, and my whole thumb muscle that was all thick and meaty went away in like two weeks. Oh damn! So, yeah, it's crazy. So I've been doing you know ultrasounds, e stems, everything, but now I'm doing uh dry needling. Oh. And, that he he stuck it right in my thumb yesterday. That thing hurt so damn bad, but uh, I feel like it did like activate some of that nerve. So I'm just working to get it back because it kind of shut down my pronation and uh, my riser a little bit. So I that's need not all- good. Did that happen in a match? No, it happened during COVID. Like just in those two weeks that I was. Now, did you know how bad I got during COVID? No. Did you get Did you get SARS? Did you get oh, that thing? thing? Dude, I, I had double pneumonia. Uh, I mean, Rebecca's been a nurse for 27 years. She's like, you're the sickest person I've ever seen who's not in the hospital. And my doctor's like, as sick as you are, I cannot admit you. I can't send you to the hospital because you'll die from something else. I went from completely healthy. Oh, hey, that's a smart doctor. That's a smart doctor. Well, dude, I'm telling you, it was, it was, he both, we all knew that it was, I went from completely healthy to 14 days later in the floor crying, saying, I don't want to die. I mean, I, I, it's, that's really what started me on this. This Levon, like all in 12 month Levon goal, get as massive as I can. Cause I'm like, if something that small could almost kill me, you know, I'm not promised tomorrow. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going all in. And, uh, cause that's the thing. How I did think, you get better, by the way? What happened? How did you get over it? Did you take ivermectin took, or hydrochloroquine? We took ivermectin. We took that malaria drug. We took, um, were you taking shitloads of vitamin C, all that stuff? Everything. Like I was doing, I was on breathing treatments. Rebecca was doing percussion therapy. The double pneumonia is what was rough. Like that was, that shit really got me. Um, But yeah, she, her being a nurse and just a lot of people praying for me. I mean, really it was, it was scary. Uh, 
first time in my life that I did not like I genuinely was not sure that I would wake up the next day. Did you have a was it crazy body aches too? Oh my god. Yeah, dude, I was like I would here's the deal. If it wasn't for Rebecca, I wouldn't be here because I would have thought that I could just mentally work through it and push through it like I've done everything else in my life. I got up to go use the bathroom, walk from my bed to the bathroom, came back, my heart rate was over 200. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just it was so bad, but I would have came down here and tried to work out. Like I would get up and like I'm going to go work. oh no. no. And I just fall back in bed, right? But Rebecca wouldn't let me. And it's I would have I would have had a heart attack or something because I would have thought, hey, I'm just I'm just sick. I can I can work out, you know. But that's it was way worse than that, you know. Did she get it? Yeah, and she was getting better by the time I was getting bad. So, but she wasn't completely over it, so she had to take care of me, you know. Like her mother is a, was an ER nurse for a long time too, so she actually we had the RV parked outside. She had her mom come down here and spend a few days in the RV just in case she needed help with me, you know. Did her mom get it? Her, your mom didn't get COVID, did she? No, she didn't. No. no. My 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 wife had it. The whole my whole family got sick. Yeah. And then and then we got tested and we all came back negative. And then a few days later, my wife's like, "Man, I, I don't taste anything or um, smell anything," which is so weird. And you know what's interesting about that? She said, "When you don't can't smell and don't taste, you don't want to eat either." And I never thought I'm the of only it. Guy who gained weight on COVID? Like I couldn't taste anything. I mean, pizza <laughs> I'm like, if I'm dying, I'm dying eating pizza, cake, and ice cream. Let's go. So, so <laughs> that's really fucked for your immune system, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and and then and then she so she's like, I'm gonna get tested again, and then she tested positive, and she said for two days that the the body aches were pretty bad. But me and the rest of the kids, we ne- we just. But I don't need I don't need any added sugar. I'm little compared to you. I'm ha- I'm I'm like half your size exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's nuts. Now that I think about it. So, um, so when you started arm wrestling, was your family like, "Hey, Michael, you got to like"? Did you have parents being like, "Hey, this is ridiculous. You got to find something else. Go get a job. Go start working. Go." Were there, did you have a lot of not believers around you? Well, so here's the deal. Um, my mother at the, in 1992, I told you I was working at the, uh, at the Acme brick. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, went to college and I was on a break from college. And so I was working there and she comes and watches me at the Malvern brick fest, which is this, you know, Acme brick, brick, brick capital world, whatever. And she sees me just destroy every weight class. Like I pull 176, 200, 200, whatever. I, I win everything. Right. And then I remember my mom saying, well, I think you found what you're good at, you know? And she was like, manual labor and, and arm wrestling. I'm like, the hell with some manual labor, <laughs> you know? But uh, it was pretty funny. And then I actually was going back to college that year. Um, and it was either pay for a semester of college or buy my ticket to the national championships in McLean, Virginia. And I chose to go to McLean, McLean Virginia. Wow. Yeah. And that was it for college. Then you just dropped out of college. No, I went back and I did another year or so, but. I was arm wrestling all the time, you know. But, um, have you? What's the most you've arm wrestled in a year? Have you ever arm wrestled every month? Oh God, okay. So I here's the deal. Talking about sponsors, and you know, you talking about me having sponsors. I was always a hustler, right? Like I was gonna go get. I felt like, and it wasn't like, hey, my hands out, give me some money. It was I felt like I was giving value to to my sponsors, right? So um, back then, this before internet, you know, I'd go to a tournament, I'd come back home, I call the local paper. I would, you know, give my results, tell them, you know, thank my sponsors, blah, 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 blah. I would print like 10 shirts up and have the sponsors logos on them. And I'll tell you in a minute about how that went. But so this was in 2000. 
I had a sponsor at the end of the year. I pulled 26 tournaments in 2000. I pulled 35 in 2001. Wow. Yeah. And you would go back then. It was just in the it was just in the United States. Yeah, 2001. I, I didn't leave the country. Um, but yeah, it was. I literally would hop in a car. So I had a sponsor, and let's say you know how we do it. So there's four or five guys. You split the gas four or five ways. You split the hotel room four or five ways. Well, I kept all the receipts, and while my sponsor wanted was the receipts, I just turned in all the receipts. So every time I'd go to an event, it might be five hundred dollars in expenses, but I only spent a hundred. So it paid me four hundred bucks to go arm wrestle every week. And then there was money. So back then I was making a couple, this, you know, 2000, I was making a couple grand a month arm wrestling. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. Was anyone else doing that? Was there anyone else who you would see at every single tournament? You're like, oh shit, it's me and these three guys. Not back then. I mean, since then, I think Tim Lewis may have hit more tournaments than me in a year because that dude's in a lot. But how we used to get sponsors, this is how I tell people because so many people are like, how do you get sponsors? How do you get sponsors? And I'm like, dude. How, it, how many tournaments could you go to if you had an extra $5,200 a year? So if you had 5200 bucks, how many? what tournaments would you go to? Would you go to 10 tournaments, cost 500 bucks a piece, drive them, whatever? I said, check this out. Go find, because you go ask somebody for 500 bucks or 1000 bucks, it's very easy for them to say no. I said, go find 10 businesses in your local area. Like, you got to go back. This is 20 years ago. And uh, tell them you'll print up, you know, get 10 shirts printed, put the logos on it. And after each event, you'll come back, you know, get the paper to write up a story. Or if they ever have a special event, you'll bring out your arm wrestling table do a beat the champ, but tell them, Hey, it, it's, it's only $10 a week, $10 a week. And I uh, get 10 people. You say, I can come pick it up every Friday. Or if you want to come by once a month, whatever, whatever's easiest for you. I don't want to inconvenience you. I just really appreciate you supporting me. Well, you got 10 people. Give you 10, no one's going to say to no to $10 a week. I mean, they're losing that much in your cash register, right? So it's 520 bucks, 10 people, $5,200 a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, easy I, to the, get sponsors. Yeah. And then the little time I spent, I when I came out and filmed with you, um, we went and visited all your sponsors, and you were great with them. And you made sure that, like you said, that you gave them value. It wasn't just about getting the money from them and and and, and splitting. Well, I mean, that's where I'm at. Travis now. is good like that too, embracing the money people. Man, Travis, if he if you hire Travis for a job, he does a phenomenal job. I mean, he just he does it. Now, outside of that, <laughs> Travis may not be the guy you want to trust the most. But I'm telling you, if you hire him for a job, the man's going to do his job. Did you go? Did you go to that tournament last month where him and Devin went, and it just it, the whole thing fell apart? It, nothing fell apart. It, the tournament went great. Uh, oh, it did. It did it, happen. Oh yeah. Um, and were you there for that? Oh, I was. I was probably contacted before anybody was. Travis, like he cut out after his first day, and then uh, he didn't show up for the second day. But me and Devin were commentators, and we shot some like some commercial footage. It's supposed to start airing Thanksgiving week. There'll be five episodes on NBC Sports. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Okay. I'm sorry for misrepresenting that. I just remember calling Devin and him being I'm him being like, Oh man, this is like we're doing some last minute patches to this thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it was uh you know and people are like, Why didn't you tell more people? Why didn't you tell more people? For one, if we'd had ten more people, we wouldn't have finished in the time that was allotted for us, right? Because people thought it was an arm wrestling tournament. It was an arm wrestling tournament, but it was a cinematic production. They were they're putting on they're filming the thing that's going to be in five different one hour episodes, right? So the arm wrestling was just kind of like pulling John the event at the end. Everything else is build up and characters and all that, right? So it wasn't about the arm wrestling event. It was about developing characters for these five shows. Right. And the arm wrestling event was a culmination of this whole thing. And and did you and Devin pull in that event? I'm not each other, but just in general, did you guys pull? No, no. Uh, Dave Dave won right. Cody Merritt won left. We were we were paid to commentate. People were like, 
because it paid ten thousand dollars right handed and five thousand dollars left handed. And uh, they were like, "Why are you not competing?" I'm like, "I got a pretty good gig to commentate." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, so when you do that, are you chomping at the bit to get in there? And you're like, "No, nah, well, this." Is I had fine. just pulled those three thousand matches in three months. You know, now when Dev and I got there, I got there Wednesday night, and he and I ended up getting on the table, but we didn't film anything. Uh, and you know, both of us having big social media platforms. Everybody wants to see the footage. Everybody wants to see the footage. But we got to kind of just enjoy it, you know, for once and just get on the table and bang. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Do you guys say that to each other before you get there and you're like, hey, let's just not film this? Like, is it kind of like a gentleman's agreement? Well, that one was. I mean, it was just, how did that go exactly, honey? She said, I just said, hey, we don't have to film this. Let's just do some pulling. And then what about all the other people around who are just fucking so excited to see you and everyone's got their phones out and shit? You just tell them to, hey, guys, chill. We're just Well, we're we just had chilling. the place pretty well empty when it was just me and him. It was Wednesday night. No one oh. else was there yet. So I just brought my – because I'm traveling. Have you seen my RV? A little yet? like Rocky and Apollo. What what Rocky was that afterwards? They go Rocky in the dark three. gym and they fucking – Yeah, Rocky 3. So it was kind of <laughs> like that. So, uh, you know, we, we had some really good matches. It was a lot of fun. So um, – we're, like I said, we both have a similar path, and it, it's going after that world number one. So if, if he pulls Levon and he beats Levon, then I'm taking that legacy hammer back from Devin. If Levon beats Devin, I'm taking the legacy hammer from Levon. So uh, I really don't think anybody's going to stop me with this 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 type of training and prep and supplementation. I, I really think that this is going to take me to a level that very few people, if any, have ever been at. I, I want to emphasize to people again, and maybe you could help me explain it because I don't even fully understand it. But th- this is a sport probably where the athletes all respect each other at the top more than most sports because the hustle is real. And oh. and, and you have to work as a team together even with your biggest um, competitors. Like, like you, first of all, you need someone to compete. But second of all, it's, it's like still – this thing is still so grassroots. It's still so raw. And so you and Devin can't be, um, the competition has to stay on the table and then everything else has to be working together. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I genuinely believe we're on the cusp of something very big with, with arm wrestling. Um, just because COVID really helped us out. I mean, people went to YouTube and started watching arm wrestling. Ah, and, uh, there's a lot of things like I, I live in this small town, hot springs, Arkansas, Within 30 miles of my house, there's 100,000 people. Probably less than 500 people knew who I was up until COVID, right? Now, if we go out anywhere, someone recognizes me. Wow. Okay. Whether it's Arkansas, whether it's anywhere. Like, if we're out, I walk into Planet Fitness, someone recognizes me. I go to eat, someone someone recognizes me, you know? And that's never been a thing before. So, the sport is definitely growing. Um, like I said, what Devin did crossing over with the boxing, what we've done with the RV tour and uh, stuff like that. It's just the sport is growing. and But we can't do that without each other. Like Devin and I, we try to help each other as much as we can on projects just because we know that if like rising tide, you know, the all ships rise, whatever. But uh, yeah, so I'm all, like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of Devin, super proud of what he's done. And uh, it's just, you know, there's a lot of trash talk that goes on that that never really gets out of control because we we both respect each other. And same thing with him and John, but we are we are going to try to promote the sport as much as possible. But when it comes and, down, and, to- and you want and you want to win, like oh, that's what I'm saying. The next time I pull him, 
I will not be Mr. Friendly guy. I, you know, I'm going, I'm going in there very, very aggressive. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to mischaracterize it. I, I, I know you and Devin, I'm not, not extraordinarily well, but I do know you guys and none of it is, is an act. It's it, the, the only act it is, is it's a balancing act between wanting to grow the sport, but also like, I know none, neither of you guys are, um, I know, I know both of you want to win at all costs. Like if you have to break Devin's arm off, you have to break his arm off. Whatever, whatever it takes. But I'm also, I'm also the most transparent person you'll ever meet. Like I, I'm not the guy who can not like you and then shake your hand when I see you. If I don't like you, I'm going to tell you I don't like you. I appreciate if you get out of You know, I just, I can't do it. I don't know how to be that way. If we have a problem and you show up to me and you shake your hand, I'll shake my hand before I shake your hand. We're going to resolve our problem. That's just, that's just who I am. I've always been that way. And I'm, I just, if, if I'm, if I'm upset, you're going to know I'm upset. If I'm happy, you're going to know I'm happy. If I'm sad, you're going to know I'm sad. I mean, I'm, I'm very transparent. You can see whatever I'm feeling. It's raw. It's real. Um, that's just me. Um, 400,000 subscribers last time I checked of Devin's YouTube channel. I think it's 411. <laughs> Does that just blow? Like when I saw that, I was like, I was so freaking excited for him. I was like, I mean, that's, I mean, people like, love him. Oh my God. Like to the point to where it's almost scary how much they love him. Yeah. Um, and, and you in turn, how many, how many subscribers do you have on your YouTube channel? We're like 83,000 and change. Yeah. That's nuts. Are are you tripping on that at all? Like, Oh my God, that what, like I live in such a great time where I can just talk to people. Man, we, we, like I said, we're genuinely, truly blessed. Uh, we, we really love the interaction with our followers or subscribers, whatever, but I'm so upset that I haven't got to 100,000 yet because there's that damn silver button. You know, ah. trophies and awards and shit. I want that silver button, you know. Oh, uh, you're going to get there. <laughs> yeah, but see, the thing is, once you get that one, then the next one's 1 million, and that's the gold button, right? So I don't know how long that will take or if it will happen. I mean, it, Rebecca is the main reason our channel is doing as well as it is because she has put so much time and effort into learning, you know, learning how to do YouTube thumbnails, titles trying to figure out the algorithm, all that stuff. Um, but, you know, she she's the one that deserves the credit. But it, we, like I said, she's my best friend, and I, that's who I want to spend my time with. When I do things, people people give this shit all the time and think that, oh, people need time apart. I'm like, she's my best friend, and that's who I want to spend time with, right? I don't yeah, want to see it yeah. with her. That's why this being in the RV together has been so amazing because uh, we've seen the most beautiful sunsets, the most beautiful sunrises, We've just seen just amazing, gorgeous things, and we got to got to have those experiences together. So that's awesome. Um, does she? Do you guys train together? Yeah, and we've so that's how we met. I was her trainer, right? And uh, she got ridiculous, like top. Like she, we went to the CrossFit Games when we were out there with you guys, and she looked like the CrossFit girls, right? She was always just super, super fit. And uh, then we got married and we started enjoying all the restaurants here. So, because I'm a foodie, right? So, I'm either gonna, if I'm ripped, that means I'm following nutrition. If I'm not, that means I'm eating like shit because I'm always working out. You know, I, how I look is how I eat. But so, we have recently got motivated. We did a really cool photo shoot together, like a fitness romance novel kind of photo shoot back six years ago. And we've decided we want to do another photo shoot, you know, next year. So, we're both super committed. But after, so I built this new gym and then, you know, we went to Dubai, then we moved to Dubai, then we went on the road. So I didn't get you to live, wait, you wait, wait, go, go back. You lived in Dubai. We lived there the first seven weeks of the year, training Larry. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, he flew me over last year. We spent a week, and he didn't want me to come home. He's like, dude, can you stay? I'm like, no, dude, it's Thanksgiving. I got to go home. I've got four grandkids. I got four dogs. He goes, well, can you come back? I'm like, well, if we can figure it out. So uh, I got and, and why does he want you there? Because he's he's embraced arm wrestling, and he wants like a world-class partner. Yeah, yeah. So we, we look, like I said, we you want world class tools in your gym, but this guy's up in his shit. He wants to own Michael Todd. <laughs> he wants to open his closet and be like, okay, here's here's my my training tool, right? I mean, yeah, basically, well, now, now he's got Levon and Arakley there for two months. Wow. So I mean, that's the, him bringing me over and me living there. So he, uh, Devin went over there for a year in Sept- for a week in September. Then I went back for a week in November. Then I moved over there for seven weeks, and that's how this whole King of the Table thing got started. He always wanted to do his thing, but I was pushing negotiating for me and Levant, right? Because best from the East versus best from the West world champion versus world champion. That was the deal. And then Igor and Igor knew I was going to do it. Like I talked to him two weeks before and then I get over there and he just starts dogging me and trashing me. And with he, I don't deserve a shot. I'm like, are you kidding? We just talked two weeks ago. And you knew I was doing this, you know? And then for whatever reason, they wouldn't let Levon do it. And then the only match that made sense to me from viewers and the more eyes we get on the sport would be Devin, you know? So that's how I, I basically went over there and got all this stuff going, and then lose to Devin. Now Devin takes over. <laughs> it's all good. Well, what was the deal? What was the deal with Igor? He just didn't think that. I mean, I know he's a promoter. He just didn't think it was a big enough match for Levon, or, or like, what's the deal? Like, no, why? He, he thought it was great until I got over there. Like, I didn't know Levon was going to be there when I got there. Levon was there. So, ah, uh, okay. So, so, do you think for people who don't know who Levon is, this is Levon? Yeah. <laughs> it is a um. Yeah. I mean, is that really what he looks like? Is that photoshopped? No, that's really him. So that's my objective. When I tell you I want to be bigger, I'm going to be the same size as him without the excess body fat. So he's 370. I'm going to be about 330, just as big of arms, just as big. I'm in. When they say go, I'm cracking that wrist. I mean, that, that is, uh, that is he's, something, something he's, else. He's special. He's special. He's got a 10 inch wrist, massive hand, hands bigger than some Plinkoff. And he's he's a top roller versus inside puller, so he's a different puller than some Plinkoff. You know, I mean, I've got three pins on some Plinkoff, but you do? A, oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, me and John are the only two people from North America who's actually pinned him. Dave Chafee beat him on fouls, but and I think Dave would have pinned him. Um, but I pinned him once at the Arnold and twice in our vendetta, and he's pinned me five times and got one win on fouls. Man, you're in a sport with some monsters. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is when you met me, I was 198 pounds. Yeah. So it's many, uh, many years the ago, the evolution. But like I said, I graduated high school at 215. I used to, I thought I had to lift weights to stay small. I thought the only way I could have abs if I was, you know, this sub 200 pound guy. And then once I got over like 210 and had abs, I'm like, well, hell, I'll just keep getting bigger. And then it was get bigger, lean out, get bigger, lean out. Cause I'd get fat. I'd get ripped. I'd get fat. I can't, you know, um, but yeah. Did you ever think you had a career in all these years you've done it? Have you ever gotten to a point where you're like, Oh shit, this might be a career ending injury. Have you oh had God, anything? So many of them. Really? Oh, my right arm. So my left arm landed on the table behind me in 2010. Uh, I went, came home and uh, had a metro in my right arm. The doctor said I had over 70 fractures in my right elbow. And that was 11 years ago. In your elbow. Oh dude, this is a range of motion. That's it. That's all my right arm will do. And this is all. Oh, oh my God. I can hear, I can hear something bone on bone clicking. Yeah. That's my supination. That's as far as I can supinate. This is as far as I mean, you can't do this. That's it. Wow. 
That's it. Hey, does that mean that that thing can like, like, can that thing be? If you put your arm on a table and then someone tied a rope to it and then does and, and tried to straighten it out, it would break. Like tied the back to it, like the other end of the rope to the bumper of a car and straightened your arm, it would something would break. It'd break or rip my shoulder out. Let me see. Let me see your arm again. Put your arm up again like that. Wow. Okay. So from there, you can't um, touch your shoulder with your fingers. I jokingly say that's why I have a beard. Oh my! And let me see the other arm. Can the other arm do that stuff? Wow. So here we go. So how do you train that arm? Uh, well, that's why the whole Kings move deal. If I want height left-handed, I just pull my hand closer to my face. If I want height right-handed, I have to drop my body and my hand higher because it won't come any closer. Oh, my goodness. Got you. Yeah. So when you're pulling someone, do you, does anyone ever get you fully extended and then they're pulling against the bone? If you get me fully extended, I'm essentially in the arm bar and I have to let up. What I believe has happened over the years of all these injuries – my okay, body. so 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 just to be clear, so no one, it's not like they hit your bone and you're cheating. If someone does open you up to your fullest point, it is like an arm bar and you have to tap. Yeah, I mean, you have, you, if you've watched my matches, you saw me, okay, you got me. Like, once it gets to that point, I got to let up. What and how ha- do you know it's to that point? You can still feel back there? Oh, yeah. Once, once, so what I think has happened, my tendons, ligaments, and muscles have gotten, so this is as far as it straightens. I've yeah. gotten really strong right there. Okay. Because my body doesn't want to eat me. It knows I'm stupid and I'll, I'll keep injuring myself. So instead of getting all the way to there, it's got really strong right there. But if it gets to there, I got to let up. Um, could they, could theoretically, could they go in and clean that? So every doctor I've seen said the only thing that's possible for my right arm will be a complete elbow replacement. I wouldn't be able to lift over 20 pounds. I didn't even know there was an elbow replacement. Yeah. I mean, my elbow is so much more deteriorated than what Devin's was when he got all his stuff cleaned out. My x-ray is horrific. Wow. Yeah. And the problem isn't this. The problem is this. Because you know how fast my shoulder press is or how strong my If I could – see, I can get all the way to here. That's a really quick move to shoulder press. I have to turn my whole body, right? If I could get this all the way to my shoulder, I think I'd flash everybody on go. I just can't get it. You know? Excuse me. Is there any way to 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 increase I mean, that range of motion? No, that, that's all bone on bone. It's, there's so much stuff in my elbow from all the fractures that that's it. Damn, I re- I think I remember going to a doctor's appointment with RJ once, Molinaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the doctor and, and I think his arm was starting to not open all the way. And yeah. the doctor told him what, he, or maybe it was Bob Brown. I can't remember. But the doctor told Bob him Brown. it's probably Bob Brown. That he needed to, or maybe Bob told me this, and I'm just imagining I was there. But you, he had to put like a roll of nickels or a quarter in his hand and put his arm on the table and just leave it out there like as a weight, right? Yeah. And um, and 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 set it on the table like this and leave it out there. Uh, I don't know for like 30 minutes and then take the roll of quarters or nickels out. And whoever it was who told me is that you couldn't do it. And I said, why? He said, when you took that roll of quarters out, like the recoil was so painful, it was like fucking nuts. Really? So basically the, the doctor's idea was to try to stretch it out. But even like that two pounds of pressure or whatever a roll of quarters is or one pound for like 20 or 30 minutes when you took it out, it just was like, oh, the most painful thing you've ever felt in your elbow. And I can uh, kind of imagine that. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, my, I guess I get quite a bit of pain. What it is is you just the pain becomes your new norm, right? You just get used to it. So you forget what it's like to not have pain because you always. Right. Have pain. Um, when you sleep at night, do you sleep pain free? 
no, no. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, but like I said, it becomes your new norm. It's just what you're used to. Um, is, is there, is there anything you can't do with that arm that you miss? Like, it, like, like, is there anything like you're like, like, this is so fucking bad because like, I mean, can you still drive? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I <laughs> that hand can't wash your butt. Like you can't wash your butt crack with that hand. I, I can make it work. <laughs> you do okay. Now, the thing right. is, my wrist doesn't bend back past here either. That's as far as my wrist goes. So God, I, I can't even believe that's a hand. Look how thick your hand is. <laughs> it's gotten thick. <laughs> um, so I can't physically do a push up because I can't get into a push up position. I have to do them on dumbbells or you know my knuckles or whatever. Um, so if I ever trip and fall, it's immediately tuck and roll because if I try to catch something, I'm everything's breaking. That's nuts. I, yeah, I can't do anything. You know. <laughs> Hi guys, MMT 2.0, world number one, 2022, exciting times. What's up, Phil? What Phil, is what that? You, uh, Monster Michael Todd 2.0. Ah. Uh, we said Monster 2.0 is coming. That's that's what this whole thing's about. Something different. How did you get the nickname, Michael uh, Monster? Neil Pickup 2006 NAL. Uh, we were sharing a room at Circus Circus, and I just finished the shower, came out, and I was 250 pounds first time I'd ever been that big and fit. And he's on the phone with somebody in the UK, and he goes, oh, my God, Michael Todd's a monster. The next day, he announced his monster, Michael Todd. How great is Neil Pickup? Yeah. There are these people that are just like, you can't even believe, like, how great they are and how cool they are. Man, he brings a lot to the sport. And he's still doing his, his arm wrestling podcast, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just had John and uh, Devin on there Sunday. How was that? I haven't watched it all, but it, it was pretty funny. John was taking some pretty good stabs at him. You know, he was pretty quick-witted when he was going after Devin. So, you know, Devin's normally the one playing mind games, and it seemed like John had had, had a good rebuttal for pretty much everything. Um, so there's a there's a great synergy now, right? I mean, in terms of media between uh, Neil, you, John, Devin, like the, the the Instagram, the YouTube. I noticed you 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 gave a critique of the the fight. I didn't watch it, um, w- but the number of views was crazy with the half door Devin fight. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So what it was, it was just my real reaction. Like I I teared up a little bit because you know I I know Devin wanted to to be able to fight as long as he could. And I knew how, you know, I know how hard he tried. So, you know, because like I said, whether we're competitors on the table or not, I'm still, you know, a supporter or a fan. And I did, you know, I don't know. It just, that was it. Just me. It's just my honest, genuine reaction to the fight, you know? Yeah. What, a, what, a, what, a, once again, what a great world we live in where there's these opportunities through YouTube and whatnot to do that. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, um, did you, and, and from earlier on in this conversation, when we started, that's something you would have wanted to do. I would have suspected that, right. You would have got in there with half door also. I would in a heartbeat. Now, obviously I would like ample training, but that's me. If, if you gave me three months or six months to train for a boxing match, I will take the same effort that I put in arm wrestling into training and learning everything about boxing. Um, I'm just that guy, right. I almost enjoy the training more than I do the competition, but yeah, it's, and it comes down to, yeah, it, I mean, and I people give me shit about this, but like I said, it's about for providing for my family. If you told me I fight Mike Tyson for a million bucks, I'm fighting Mike Tyson. Right. You know, I mean, that's just, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's worth it to me. You know, whatever the risk is, it's worth it to have the extra financial security. So I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I get it. How would you fight with that arm? A lot of uppercuts <laughs> and a lot of oh. You know, um, because it'll be like I said, if I was to uh, 
what is it, a clothesline? <laughs> like for wrestling, that sucker's not going to go back. It's It packs quite a bit of punch. Now, one of the biggest compliments I've had from a, a fighter was in 2013. I was out there with John Jones. We still had that big match of me and Travis. It all fell through, but I was, I was doing a, a – we did the photo shoot with John Jones. And uh, he looked down at my hand and my wrist and my forearm. He goes, damn, I'd hate to get hit by that dude. That's a pretty good compliment. I'm <laughs> just saying, you know, but – uh, yeah, it's crazy how many people you've met on this journey, huh? Oh, I yeah. saw the I saw the pictures of you and the Duck Dynasty guys. How did that happen? What was that about? So Nine Line Apparel is one of our big sponsors for our tour. So that's just like I was saying about me hustling. You know, I told Rebecca I want to go in an RV and I, I want to travel the United States. So I found I went out and hustled and I found you know some pretty good partners to partner with us. And that's I always want them to get a return on their money. So they're on all of our YouTube videos. You know, I got a traveling billboard that's been seen by millions of people. So Nylon Apparel, they reached out to me after the Devin match. They came on board, and then they started hooking me up with collabs. Like, uh, you know, I got to go hang out with the guys for Duck Dynasty and eat with them and do both their podcasts. That was super cool. And then, uh, like, I just got to do a little video. A little like, <laughs> So I don't know if you've seen the video of me and The Undertaker. Uh, we did just little, on your yeah. Instagram. Yeah, tell me, tell me. Uh-oh. You, hold on a second, Michael. Our internet connection is getting funky right now. I don't know what's going on. Is that you or me? And I think you're back. Tell me about The Undertaker. Let me see if I can hear you. You froze. Yes, no, yes. Michael? No, it's not mine. He's- it looks like I got full bars. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Okay, go ahead. Okay, oh, this cool. Is weird. Okay, go ahead. Tell me about the Undertaker. It looks like you're still frozen. I can hear you good though. Oh, don't lose him. Don't lose him. If I lose you, make sure you log right back in. Just click that link one more time. Yeah, he's frozen good. Should I run a speed test and see whose fault it is? Let me see. Speedtests.net. Oh, my goodness. Come back, Michael. And we lost him. I'm going to blame him. Uh, Can you guys hear me? Can you guys see me? Can someone say something in the comments? Yeah, this looks like a good connection. This looks like... And there he's back. Bam. Ah... There you are. Hey. Yes, sir. Sorry about me? that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. It's okay, so tell so tell me about The Undertaker. So you met The Undertaker. First of all, where'd you meet him? We met him at the Nine Line Charity event in Savannah, Georgia. So, um, yeah. What is Nine Line? It's closed? Nine Line Apparel. It's a veteran-owned uh, apparel company. So they, are, they do so much. They have their um, foundation where they build tiny homes for uh, – uh, you know, veterans, homeless veterans, and then they transition them back into society, get them an education, all that stuff. Okay. They've done a whole lot um, getting people out of, where was it? Where's it at? Afghanistan? Getting people out of cabal and all that stuff over there, you know? Okay. Um, so they're an awesome company. But yeah, so I got to meet uh, Mark, you know, Undertaker. We did a little skit. It was pretty fun, but it's got pretty good views. But one of the cool things is I got to, you know, I got to shoulder a 50 cal rifle. Um, got to shoot a machine gun out of a helicopter um, and got to do all this stuff with those guys. So it's just been super fun. And then I got a really cool gig coming up in February where we get to do a, uh, some guy was like, Hey, would you come out and do this event with us? I'm like, sure. He goes, 
um, cause they have like a 17,000 acre safari. You get to feed giraffes and see rhinos and drive an H1 Hummer through the safari. He goes, we'd like to drive a tank. And I'm like, huh? He said, would you like to drive a tank? I'm like, absolutely. He goes, how about shoot a, a bazooka? I'm like, book me now. <laughs> I get to shoot a bazooka and drive a tank. I am Wait, in. what country was that in? Oh, that's going to be in, uh, in Texas. I get to do that. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we, we've been so blessed with the people we've got to meet and the things we've gotten to do. And, um, and then Redcon one came on after through nine line, nine line introduced me to Redcon one. So I'll get to collab with like Robert Obris and Kai Green and all, cause I'm one of their sponsored athletes. So we're going to get to do a bunch of cool collabs with them and different fit expos and different events. So yeah, just truly blessed, man. Who are, who are you pulling next? Who's, who's on Gennady your radar? Who? Gennady Quickvenia. You know how to spell that? Uh, G-E-N-A-D-I. Q-V-I-K, V-I-N-I-A. Q-V-I-K? K-V-I-K. Oh, K-V. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see him. I see him. Yeah, so he's he's the other guy from the Republic of Georgia. He's got the most pins on LeVon. But he's, he's a big, strong dude. I see him. But yeah, I want that match to make a statement so that I can really do a public you know, push for me and LeVon. I see him. Okay, let me see if I can let me see if I can share this screen. Bam, there he is. Yeah, he he's, he broke Devin's uh, single curl record. You know that where Devin used to take that dumbbell and come all the way down and come all the way back up with it. Yeah, uh, broke Devin's record with that. He's got some videos of him doing some half rep single preacher curls with like three hundred pounds on one arm. You know he's he just recently released that stuff like two days ago. Super strong guy. But and, and where are you pulling him at? And when? Istanbul, February twelfth. Oh shit! Yeah. So wow. I'm, yeah. So we get to. Go, I've always wanted to go to Istanbul. So we'll go a little bit early. We'll sightsee, and then so so we, like I said, all the stuff we've been blessed with. While we were in Dubai, we were there for Thanksgiving. So we went and got to spend. Uh, not Thanksgiving. We got we, we we were there for Valentine's Day. So we got to go to Abu Dhabi instead of seven star hotel this year for Valentine's Day. So this next year, we'll go to Istanbul, and then we'll leave on the 13th. We'll fly to Athens, Greece, and spend Valentine's Day in Athens, Greece. What's a seven-star hotel? Insane. It was the Emirati's Palace. Um, so there's two of them over in the Middle East that I'm aware of. I only thought there were five-star hotels, but Emirati's Palace, if you want to type that in and look at it, seven-star hotel Abu Dhabi, unbelievable. Private, white sand, beach, mile and a half long, camel rides. It's unbelievable. And because of COVID, it's like we're there. We're the only ones there almost. Uh, like we got to go to the Louvre in Abu Dhabi. So we've been to the Louvre in Paris, but we got to the Louvre in Abu Dhabi. Louvre in Paris was so packed. The one in Abu Dhabi because of COVID, it's like we had a private tour. It was amazing. Yeah, I didn't even know that there was one. Um, I didn't even know that there was one there in Abu I Dhabi. I don't think. Does that say Abu Dhabi? I don't know what. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. Well, then that's just the whole, that's the uh, that's the pool area. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing accommodations. But wait till you see like the private beach and stuff or, or get a picture of the outside of the hotel. But yeah, that's where we got to spend Valentine's. And it's just, it's, I mean, who would, who would, yeah, look at that. It's crazy. Oh my God, yeah. It was so cool, man. I mean, it's just the life experience. Or the funny thing is, because Rebecca and I first met, she's like, arm wrestling is a thing, like past grade school. And I'm, yeah, yeah. And she says, I said I was kind of a big deal. I have a shirt that says that, but I'm not sure I said that. Um, but then, uh, all of our life experiences, she goes, I cannot believe we get to have this life because of arm wrestling. Like the private, when I was a world champ for the UAL, Robert Drink, you know, our, the two times we've flown on a private jet, MGM sent the G550 over to pick us up. We flew to Vegas, you know, that's because of arm wrestling. 
So it's yeah. just been pretty cool. Um, I don't want to take anything away from arm wrestling, but it's really you. And by that, I mean, you're, you're doing what you love. You're doing you, you're doing Michael Todd. And that's kind of like the thing I, I like, I, I, I admire most about people. You're just doing your own fucking path. You're you putting your head down. You're making your like. There's all these roads over here, right? You could have stayed in the accounting. You could have stayed in the auditing. You could have stayed in in, in in all these other places and just arm wrestle. You went all in. You went right. all in, and um, and you're still all in, which is just fucking crazy. And and every day now it's just building. And you and you and you stayed the course. Yeah, I mean that's. It's just trying to just capitalize, you know, so I've, I've, you know, I've wanted to take this, this arm wrestling career and turn it into something else, whether it's acting, whether it's commentating, whether it's whatever, right? Who, who knows what's next, but there'll always be arm wrestling. Arm, there's no such thing as a retired arm wrestler. I mean, just look at John, he's back, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to live my best life to the point where I've contacted you several times about Madison. I'd love to come up there to the, the CrossFit Games because we had such a good time. I almost, and we watched it all weekend long, we almost went to the 2021 Road. Um, cause big laws was there. We was going to collab with him. I've actually reached out to Annie and, uh, Tia about possibly doing a collab or something. Rebecca's like, honey, women don't want to be reached out to by men. Let me contact. I'm like, that might make sense. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I'm just thinking that, Hey, we do some cool collab. We could, you know, you could kill me in a CrossFit workout and I could arm wrestle all the people in the gym. And then Rebecca could arm wrestle them and stuff. But I don't know. We, so I got to go do a Ninja warrior course on this first tour, which is cool. Michelle Warnke. Like I would love to do a celebrity run on American Ninja warrior. That would be so much fun because, you know, like you said, explosive, athletic. I like that stuff. Yeah. Like that, but yeah. So, I mean, and you're whether, humble enough to try new stuff and, and like yeah, fall in the water or whatever shit happens to you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah. So the CrossFit stuff, love being involved any way I could with that, collabing with any of those people because I think they're all awesome. I'm a huge fan. Like just watching Tia this weekend because I was, I was so bummed for Annie because Annie was just killing it, right? She's killing yes, it. Yes. Yes. What a great <laughs> comeback story, right? Yeah. Spectacular. And obviously, I like to see someone dominant. Like, I like John just crushing everybody when Ron crushed everybody. So, I like seeing Tia just crush her. I like Matt crushing everybody. But to see her come so close and then have that bad last event, I felt so bad for her. But then you you watch Tia, who's already won, and just destroys it. You know what I'm saying? Because she's an animal. I mean, you just got to respect. You got to respect that. You know, so huge fan of all of them. And uh, I, I, we love. that's one of the things we like watching the most. It inspires us when we're working out. I'll just turn on some road CrossFit and just watch these guys work out. It motivates both of us. But um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Will you drive anywhere? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's just amazing to me. Like you're la- I mean, you just don't have any, you just get in the motor home and go. Yeah. I mean, that's so at the end of this tour, at the end of this tour. So we'll finish out. We're going to go 10 days going out to pull John and, you know, we're going to hit Tucson and San Antonio and Austin and all that stuff. Then we'll be back. We'll do a small one in December, but at the end of the, the six months is over. We've hit all 48 states. The tour itself is technically over. All the funds that I've raised, all the sponsors, but the, the RV is ours. Like I've got to pay for RV out there. Um, that anytime next year, like maybe next year, we go do a tournament, drive somewhere for a week, do a tournament, drive somewhere for a week. You know, just take our time because you ask if we're having fun. We're having a great time, but it'd be so much more fun if I wasn't the schedule wasn't so tight. Like if I could just stay, like we're literally pulling into, we're staying in Walmart parking lots just boondocking and very you know because we're just they're traveling so much like it's 300 miles sleep 300 miles sleep you know so it's like but yeah we're, we're excited next year and see who knows maybe maybe next year we go to a tailgating at a, a nfl game and we break out the arm wrestling table and film content of me taking on all comers or 
you know, I go to a fair or somewhere where there's a bunch of people and we just break out their arm wrestling table. Or we go to Florida and we pull the arm wrestling table on the boardwalk and just take, you know, who knows? I'm just trying to expose as many people to arm wrestling as possible and create some cool content and have some cool life experiences. You, 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 you posted a post on your Instagram of you at Bob Brown's training with Bob, Bob Brown's team. I don't know if you call it his team or not. And in yeah. the comments, you said one of the most challenging stops yet. Um, what happened? Was it because there were so many guys Were there good pullers there? What makes there it? Were, how many people were there? Honey, 30 something people at Bob Brown's practice. Yeah. So there was a bunch of guys, right? So my first match was Jordan Steele Cause he was the top guy. Second match was Cody Merritt. And there was a lot of guys, Bob, we knew I wasn't back to hundred percent cause I'd, I just had COVID. Right. And, uh, we didn't expect me to beat Jordan, but I ended up beating every single person at practice back to back to the point damn. where John called me and goes, John's like, damn, I saw that shit with Jordan. I was really impressed. <laughs> you know, like, cause I basically gave up everything and beat everybody from here, you know? So it was, it was, a, it was a challenging one, but it's fun too. And then, and then that night you pull all those people. There's 30 people there. I'm assuming you pull them multiple times. Um, do you normally pull to fatigue? So eventually by the end, there's people beating you. It's like, yeah, that, that one was just a king of the table. I literally just pulled everybody one time. But I mean, if you watch the match, it's a 30 minute video because each match is a war. Like the new novice guy is giving me a war at the end, basically. Right. Right. Uh, right. Because I mean, when you're pulling from compromised positions like that, everything blows up real fast. But yeah, I mean, do you even feel your hand anymore at the end of a day like that? No, I didn't. Ha- I didn't have much hand then because I had the nerve damage. Remember, so the nerve damage would bother me. But yeah, since then I've done so many different. Um, I've been beat so much on these tours, and it's so funny because people, are, oh, Michael's not even. Some guy literally they said because it's picture me and Corey. Neither are elite. Michael's state level at best. Where do these people get this shit? <laughs> I was like, wait, you- wait, someone they- wrote that somewhere. Yeah, I'm like, because it's just, it's so silly because people just don't understand. You know, they just have no clue. Or they'll talk about Corey. So, Corey, I don't know how much you've seen of Corey. No, I don't even know who that is. What's Corey's last name? Corey West. Okay. We call him the gorilla because he pretty much looks like a gorilla, right? Okay. Same height as me, maybe a half inch taller. Oh, Ooh. yes, yes. I know who he is. I see him on your Instagram all the time. I know exactly who that is. He's yes, enormous. Yes, yes, yes. His hand yes. is way thicker than mine. Yes. Looks like a bear paw. He but looks this, like a great training partner too. You guys look like you have a great friendship. Yeah, I mean, he's we're very, very close. I mean, he's he's just part of the family. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and just one of the kindest, good-hearted people. He was six three, three thirty, eleven years old. Wow. Yes. So he's been massive his whole life, right? Um, but someone will make a comment on him or see all that weight, and he's not strong. I'm like, because because Todd beat him. Well, he crushed Todd the first match. And then Todd found the right lane and beat him the next three, right? You mean Todd Hutchings? Todd Hutchings beating three three matches to two matches, whatever. But they can't even fathom how strong that guy is. And I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever seen anybody reach down and grab a a master lock with their bare hand and snap it off? No. I got a video of Corey doing that. Really? Yeah, because he did it at work one day. He's at work, and they lost the key. So one guy went to get a set of bolt cutters. Other, Other guys are standing around. So that's what every guy would be doing, just standing around. Corey reaches down and grabs it, snaps it off. Well, I tell that story a bunch. So about two months later, he's like, hey, dude, check your inbox. I'm like, what's up? He goes, well, you told the story so many times. I figured I should do it again. So he sent me a video of him breaking another master lock. Yeah, I've never, I've never, have you even tried that? Well, I have since then and I haven't done it yet. <laughs> you know, but I mean, who, who, first off, who even thinks that it's possible to even attempt it? Crazy. 
Yeah, well, I'll, I'll send you the video. You'll be like, holy shit. Like, he just reaches down, and he just snaps it right off. What's the what's the turnover for arm wrestlers? Like, is it like I haven't I haven't been in the scene in fifteen years. If would I recognize people still? Are there still like are there the same people still around? I see. I I know Bill Collins is still hustling. I see. I still see him doing the good work. But how like what's what's the turnover? Well, like how long uh, do guys last in in the sport? We you, you have your guys like me, you know, who just love it, right? Who just and Bob Brown. Bob Brown's still around. I mean, Craig Suye's had injuries, but he's, you know, he's back. He's always in the mix. Um, Rob Bidget came after you. I think he was 2005. I remember him. I remember him. Yeah. But you know, he's, he's the, the WA champ right now, but there are new guys, you know, the Jordan seals, the, uh, um, who is that big handed dude out there from Pennsylvania? Well, Paul Lynn, of course, but Nor- uh, storm, storm Chilino, the, the WAL brought a lot of new blood in. Um, what happened to Jerry Cataret? Is he still around? Yeah, man, strong. Jerry's yeah. always strong. Yeah. Um, he just, you know, WAL getting, you know, stopped because of COVID. He just hasn't, you know, that dude's making big money working in camping world and he's having a good life. But I mean, I know he wants some matches. And he's how about, how about Tim Bresnan? Is he still around? Tim Bresnan's committed to the PAL, so he has a PL match coming up, maybe December fourth, December eleventh. I can't remember. Um, he's pulling Ingevni Prudnik from Ukraine, but yeah, Tim's Tim's still a top five guy in North America according to the rankings. I, I don't think he's supposed to have a match with um, Derek Smith soon. Derek's a giant. He's six eight, three fifty, three sixty. Wow. And I, I think Derek's got a good chance of beating. Him. I really think Corey West can beat him, but we haven't got to see those matches. What's the what's the heaviest you can be as an arm wrestler? Is there, there's no weight. So it's not like fighting. It's not like there's uh, Corey, what, Corey what is it? UFC's four, two sixty five and and you can't fight if you're over. Yeah, Corey was four forty when he pulled Todd. Wow. Levon is, you know, three eighty, three ninety most of the time. Three seventy five to three ninety. And what weight class is that? That's two forty two and up? Well, in their their particular organization is two thirty one and up. And then and then there's no limit. If you're a six hundred pound dude, you're a six hundred pound dude. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's, why, you... that's why you're seeing this bigger version. Well, actually, that's not the reason you're seeing a bigger version. I mean, I just want to see what's possible, you know? So, um, look, like I said, LeVon does not look human. He looks like he's created in a lab. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna be that bald-bearded lab creation guy, and I'm going to go crack it. Yeah. Um, have you pulled him before? We were in Dubai together, and because I was trying to get this, I was trying to get the sponsors to pay us a lot of money, uh-huh. and they were there. We never gripped up. We never pulled one time. Crazy. Yeah, that's, I would have liked to have. You know, once I realized I, I wasn't getting the match, I would have liked to. I felt like I had a lane. He could beat me on eight out of ten of all the conventional functional strength stuff, but you know, my riser and pronation I thought were enough to crack his. You know take his bottom fingers off the back of my hand, slip at the strap. And then at some point in the match, crack his knuckles past his wrist. Does he speak English? Yeah. Uh, not super great, but he understands real well. We've had some really, there's a good video of me and him on my channel of us driving in McLaren 200 miles an hour. He's in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat and I'm filming it at 200 miles an hour in a passenger seat. You basically accepted death. Cause wait a second. <laughs> You've been 200 miles an hour in a car. Oh Yeah. Yeah, go watch that video. It's hilarious. Because I mean, how do how did we both fit in? And I was only two sixty at the time, but yeah, and he's so he's so, his adrenaline's through the roof. Like he's because he counted off in kilometers, 
310, 320. You know, he's uh he was he was in it was fun. So you're just you guys basically went to a track and you two of you guys got no. into a McLaren and he just floored it? No, I was gonna go uh rent a rent a car, right? And then the guy at the gym was like, Hey, you what are you doing? I'm like, Well, I was gonna rent a Lamborghini or something. He goes, Well, just take mine. Away. He goes, I got a McLaren. I'm like, Okay. So um he told us to drive it. So we I took it out, found a place because there's light. I mean, there's radars everywhere. Like there's film everything's filmed in Dubai. Right. Went far enough out of Dubai where there was a straight stretch with uh with no no cameras. And uh, we took off. Holy shit. Did you guys pass a card going that fast? Uh, we passed everything going that fast. I don't, I, so yeah. there were other cars on the road? Probably. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember. Um, we had either passed them or we maybe, maybe we didn't pass them as we were going that speed. But I took Rebecca in it and I probably got to about 140, 150. And then we dropped her off and I went and picked up LeVon. And I drove it and then I let LeVon drive in 200 miles an hour. Wow. That's scary, right? Big time. I mean, especially if you're in the passenger seat filming, because I mean, if anything happens, it's over. Yeah, you have no control. I mean, at 200, you feel somewhat in control. If you're the passenger 200, you don't feel in control at all. Um, this match you have on February 5th. Where can people watch? February 12th. February 12th. Yeah, um, it's what is tentatively scheduled. So John is pulling Zoliev there. Hutchins is pulling Sasho, um, and there's some other matches, but. I think it'll be live on Ingen's channel. Holy shit. So John has two matches scheduled. He has a match on December 11th with um, Devin Lorette, and then he has this next thing scheduled in February. Yeah, and then he's got a match with uh, Ingen Terzi in March, I think, or April. What's Ingen thinking? Does he even stand a chance against John? Well, I think they're agreeing on meeting at about 215 or something, and Ingen's over 200 pounds now. He is? Yeah, he's, he's big. But yeah, I don't think. I mean, John. If John's John, he can't beat him. But if John's off a bit, Ingen Sopro strong, especially at two hundred and ten pounds. You know, I can't believe it. I, I I mean, yeah, you remember Ingen at one fifty four, one sixty five, right? Yeah, and and he's not that tall either, as I recall. No, he, he's meaty. He's meaty now, but he's same age as me. I'm forty eight years old. You get a little bigger. Yeah, I wonder if I can. Are there pictures of him now? I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And is he still as gung ho as ever about arm wrestling? Man, he's as passionate about arm wrestling as ever for sure. He, he gets into disagreements all the time on social media. Oh, <laughs> he's fun. huge now. Oh, I'm telling you. Wow. Wow, that is really impressive. He looks the same. Yeah. yeah. He's just giant. <laughs> Well, tell me about what's going on with you. I got to get off here in a minute. What's tell me about Savon? What's happening with you? Oh, nothing. I'm just killing the podcast game. I'm just fucking. I'm. It's nuts. It's ab- It's absolutely nuts. I'm just watching. Um, I'm, I'm having a blast. I'm doing them every single day. I'm on a race to. Um, did I lose you? Did you freeze? No, I'm here. Oh, yeah. uh, um, you're so you're so still. I'm just on a race to 500 podcasts, and oh. I'm um getting a ton of great guests. I'm just revisiting people. I'm enjoying hearing about people's lives. Um, and, uh, and, and the channel is just exploding. And, and I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I've figured out how to do all this shit live. We have a live call-in show. I'll interview basically anyone that – I just interview just people I want to interview. Yeah. So, like, if I, I wanted to talk, I was watching you, and I was like, fuck, I got to reach out to Michael Todd. I don't have any obligations. Um, I have no boss. I got fired from CrossFit. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, you didn't know that. I didn't tell you. No, that. 
whole nother story. But basically, when when the woke crew came in and canceled Greg, I, I they hung on to me for like three months, and I was basically collateral damage. Oh shit! But it's been kind of the greatest thing that could possibly hand uh, happen to me because once you're canceled, you're fucking a superhero. <laughs> all your superhero superpowers come out. Like no one can say shit to me now. I'm completely invincible. I'm uh, like a, I'm a, I'm like a snake on the ground. I cannot get any lower. And it's been uh, incredibly liberating. And I just raised my three kids living the dream. And I was extremely frugal with my money and I'm extremely frugal with my money. And so I've just, I, I live a very simple, um, chill life but um i just take my kids to martial arts five days a week tennis five days a week um just uh you know skateboarding seven days a week i live by the beach i got fat house uh 100 fruit trees just living the dream buddy dude that's awesome that's awesome and your your your, your boys gonna be awesome yeah i love watching that stuff man yeah they're they're just so they're so like wasn't they're they're not afraid of anything like they're fearless. oh they're game i love it and I got and I, and like you, I'm just in love with my wife. There's no one I'd rather spend time with. Um, I like I want to work out with my wife. I'm excited to go to bed with her every night. I'm excited to wake up next to her. I'm excited to uh, stand in the kitchen while we make breakfast together. You know what I mean? Like I want to do. Like I never want to do anything without my wife. So that's nice to hear because it's so yeah. weird because people think it's weird to love somebody and to want to be with somebody. I'm like, listen, the one t- night thing we're not promised more of is time. Yeah. I want to spend the time with the people I love the most. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. I've been invited to do God things so many times. I'm like, nah, I appreciate it, but I'm going to hang out with the wife. You know I mean? That's what yeah. I want to do. That's who I want to spend my time with, you know? Um, and it's just a blessing when you find that person, you know, when you find someone that it's so stupid that you, that completes you or whatever, but it just makes your life that much more enjoyable. Yeah. And that's, I'm happy to be there. Yeah. You know, um, uh, on, on a final thought, when I first met you at that, at that, um, nationals at the nationals you had this thing with your neck i just caught myself doing it like and that whole nationals you just kept doing this packing yeah. your neck but you but now it, uh, i didn't see you do it once in the show well wow. <laughs> 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 i see i I've do you remember that your neck was bothering you at that nationals man my neck is always so i crack my neck i don't know how many times a day anyway but now uh-huh. i just like lean over something and i pull my neck and crack it like that um but yeah, uh, I, I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure I used to do that all the time. That's well, funny. Michael, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Let's do this again. Um, yes, sir. Maybe as we get closer to uh, February 12th, I can have you on again and we can talk about just how much stronger you've gotten and we can talk about the match. Yeah, and I'll uh, probably and be what, 20 pounds bigger by then, too. So, <laughs> and what we can do, what you're going to do to this cat. Yeah, man, absolutely. Hey, anything comes up, you want to do something, collab with do something, I'm, I'm down, man. I'm, if you ever want to come out to Arkansas, you guys are more than welcome. I think cool, thank you. Here, but yeah. Hey, awesome, man. Good, to, good catching up. Yep. Tell Rebecca, thanks for sharing her husband with us. Yes, sir. All right, brother. All right, be good.